0: to go back to Bethel. What does he do? Well, he immediately, he looks around his house and he says, this looks like a good day for repentance. <laughs> this looks like a good day for gathering up all the idols of the family and burying them out under the old oak tree. I think there's a song or something there. And that's what they do. They gather up all of the idols. They, they, they take all the ornamentation, anything that smacked of that life They gather it all up, they take it out, they dig a big hole, and they put it in the hole, and they bury it. And then they purify themselves, they change their clothes, right? All of this is a sign, is a picture of them turning away from life in Shechem towards life in Bethel. Because that's where they're headed. They are headed to worship God, Yahweh. The one, the covenant-making God who has shown himself all along. And Jacob makes no no bones about it. Here's what we're doing. We're headed to Bethel. And there I'm going to build an altar. And there we're going to worship God. And there we're going to settle down. And there we're going to live. Why? Because that's the God who called me originally. And I haven't been listening to his voice. Whew. That is perhaps the hardest thing to do, right? To look our idols square in the face and go, you know what? You're not cutting it. And put those things away. It was perhaps a little easier for them, right? They did probably have idols. They would have had all sorts of idols. And their idols for them were right, things that, We're going to help them. Fertility and rain and their crops and their herds and all of that sort of stuff. It sounds kind of crude to us. We have the exact same thing. We just don't typically have little trinkets in our house. We, we have good things that we make ultimate things in our lives. Friends, family, money, jobs, retirement, status, our country, sex, all sorts of things. Those are our idols. We've talked about it before. You know, John Calvin said, our hearts are idol factories. They would just be stamping out a new idol all the time because we're always looking to fix our affections on something or someone. And usually it's mis- misdirected. That's why John gives us this instruction in First John five twenty-one. It's the last verse of his letter, and he says, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. For Jacob, it wasn't earlier in life, it was later in life that he realized the smile of God upon him was enough. And so with a limp and a scare and his family, he, listen, they're, they're leaving Shechem, partly because it's just a good idea to leave Shechem at this point, because they're surrounded by people that want to kill them. But God just happens to give them a good direction, and he points them back to their homeland. And so they go, and they move out toward a God who had been faithful all along. We can learn here from Jacob as he picks up in Shechem where he had settled to go settle in this good place. We can learn from Jacob that it's not always easy to tear down our idols and to move on. Many times it's difficult. So this was a way of life for them. Don't just think, you know, this isn't some, you know, oh, dad, that's my little trinket, you know. And no, their affections were in the direction of these idols. And so when Jacob clears the house of them. That's a big deal. I mean just imagine your teenage daughter having her idols, you know, or your teenage son. It's a very difficult process. But Jacob is but Jacob is leading at this point and he's leading them in repentance. And and what is the one thing that repentance requires more than anything else? It's humility. It's that I haven't been doing it right, Lord. That's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, that's the hardest thing to say. I can't do this on my own. What I have been doing isn't working. That's why it's so difficult for us to go and get counsel from someone. Because when we go get counsel from someone, what we're saying to them is, what I've been doing hasn't been working. Can you please help me understand how I should be doing it? Oh, you mean you don't know it all? Yeah, you don't know it all. Repentance takes great humility. Listen to St. Augustine. It's a wonderful quote. He says, when a, certain, when a certain man asked what was the chief rule in eloquence, he, re, he replied, delivery. What was the second rule? Delivery. What was the third rule? Delivery. So if you ask me concerning the precepts of the Christian religion, first, second, third, and always, I would answer to you, humility. Again, when anyone realizes that in himself he is nothing and from himself he has no help, the weapons within him are broken and the wars are over. But all the weapons of impiety must be shattered, broken, and burned. You must remain unarmed. You must have no help in yourself. The weaker you are in yourself, the more readily the Lord will receive you. And folks, that's what Jacob did when he grabbed all of the idols in the house and he had the family go and set their hearts towards the Lord. And they took off their old clothes and they put on their new clothes and they washed off the filth and they were sparkly clean. And what they were saying was, we're turning from that and we're turning towards this. And and in their hearts, what they had to say in that under Jacob's leadership was, that way wasn't working. This is the way we should go. Frankly, it probably gets more difficult the older we get. Because the older we get, the more what? Set in our ways we become. Change is difficult, but God asks us to move towards him. Finally, quickly, it's for God's glory. Beginning in verse 9, you get the restatement of Jacob's name. And this is a picture of now Jacob moving to worship God. In verses 11 to 14, you get the reminder about what is truly going on. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. And then he takes a part of the original promise to Adam and Eve, and he takes a part of the promise to Abraham, and he weaves those two together, and he says, look, here, this is who you are. You're a multiplier of persons. You're a multiplier of my image. That is your job, Jacob. Go and do it. Teach your children how to do it, and their children how to do it, and their children's children how to do it. And Jacob, oh, by the way, I'll make you... And this this is a weird... He says a nation and a community of nations. It's, it's strange wording, not the wording that he used with Abraham and with Isaac. A little bit different, but the same idea. And that is, go influence the world for me. And That's the thing, yeah, right? God does something amazing to us when he takes the focus off of ourselves and he places it on him. In this passage, I think for me, he does it when he says, "I am God Almighty." That just that fast-forwards me to the Book of Revelation when you have this picture of the Lamb high and exalted, right? That's what that fast-forwards me to, and I go, "That's what it's all about." It's the worship of God, right? You guys come, you sang beautifully this morning, by the way. Um, it must have been because I was down there singing with you, but. But when we come here and we gather and we are singing, lifting the praise of God, lifting up Him, exalting His name, that's what it's about. It's not so much about us as it is about Him. Because He has taken us, right? And it's for God's glory that you get salvation. It's for God's glory that you and I are turned into agents of change. It's for God's glory that you are a child of Abraham son of the promise. It's for God's glory that you and I are agents of reconciliation. Why? Because when you reconcile, you are now turning someone back towards Bethel. When you reconcile, there is the potential, even if they're an unbeliever, that you are going to speak a word of reconciliation into their life and a wholeness that they're going to see and know shalom. And you know what? That peace is really attractive. People who know how to get along with the world, people who know how to get along with one another are beautifully attractive. Why? Because the world's at war with itself. And so when you and I and the church come along and we are reconciling agents and we're not tearing each other apart, but we're putting each other back together, Listen, it's good for you, trust me, but it's all for his glory. And that's what going back to Bethel was really all about. It's so good for Jacob? You bet. But it's doubly good for the God of glory that we worship. You headed to Bethel? I hope and pray we are. Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Thank you for the life of Jacob. Thank you for his story. Father, we indeed want to turn. We want to turn towards you. Give us an opportunity to savor the memories of your calling. Us out of darkness into light. Remind us. Show us your goodness once again. Move in our hearts and lives that you would turn us from Shechem towards Bethel. and Would it all be for your glory and for our good in Jesus' name.